0: Our reading this morning from the book of Deuteronomy is rather short. From the fifth chapter, verses 17 and 19. You shall not murder, neither shall you steal. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. I have observed over the years that our morning bulletin has many uses. It, of course, gives us the outline of the worship service. It provides us with announcements of upcoming events and activities in the life of our church. I have seen babies use it to teeth. I've seen couples, children, adults use it as scratch paper to pass notes back and forth or to play tic-tac-toe. And many, many Sundays over my ministry, one or two children have come up to me following the service and presented to me their work of art. They have used some colored crayons or pencil and they have drawn sketches of this or a picture of that. Usually it was a picture of me. I I hope they were not considered very good portraits of me. Uh, I often did not have any hair and maybe only two fingers, but they were, it was wonderful. I loved it when the children would come forward and just draw something, and be so, they'd be so delighted. Here, 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 this is for you. Thank you, thank you. I wonder what would happen this morning if we passed out magic markers, and if you were to draw a picture of the world. What, what would you draw? Uh, would it be a globe with brown continents and a blue ocean? Would it be a picture of your home, your apartment building? Would it be a picture of your favorite vacation spot? Uh, would it be a picture of your family? Would it be a picture of a mask? Would it be a heart? And if we were to ask God, God, here's some magic markers. Here's our Sunday bulletin. God, would you, would you please draw a picture of the world what do you think god would put down on paper i suggest to you this morning that god would write the ten commandments on our bulletin and say here this is a picture of my world as we have walked through the ten commandments we have discovered that these are not simply laws, rules, dictums. This is not behavioral conditioning. God is laying out for us a vision of life as God intends it. It is a colorful sketch of the world as God wills. it, And what a world it is. It is a world in which we all know deep down in our gut that indeed when we were in slavery in Egypt, God came down and delivered us. It's a world in which we do not resort to idols because we affirm, we see, we recognize the inherent dignity, the image of God in one another. It is a world in which when those who are no longer able to take care of themselves, people take care of them. The commandments offer us a compelling vision of God's world, a vision that moves us to live And believe and act in a certain way and today we're going to consider two of the brushstrokes of this painting thou shalt not kill neither shalt thou steal now as you know this prohibition against killing spans cultures and eras it is not unique to our tradition but what is unique in our tradition is why we do not kill we are told not to kill because God is the author and giver of all life and it is not in our hands to take away what God has given the Old Testament scholar Walter Harrelson has said there was in ancient Israel no notion of the sanctity of life in and of itself the sanctity of life lies in the action and will of the Lord god protects human life and israel is required to follow the path of god in protecting human life because all life belongs to god we are told do not kill why do we not kill because we know that each of us is made in the image of god we all bear god's mark and we must not shed the blood of our brothers and sisters. Why are we told not to kill? Because killing inevitably dehumanizes the killer. We become more and more callous to human beings. We stray farther and farther from the God who loves all of us. We lose our capacity to feel compassion and to celebrate with God our kinship with all of God's people. Thou shalt not kill. Um, did you notice how wonderfully and annoyingly vague this commandment is? Uh, um, God what do you mean by killing? God, does that include war? God help us out here, does that include capital punishment? What if my family were threatened and I took the life of the assailant before they were to take the life of my child? What about abortion? What about euthanasia? The commandment is wonderfully and annoyingly vague. We do not have firm, fixed answers to any of these questions. Because these commandments are not simply rules, they are the brushstrokes of God's vision for life for all people. On Friday, Deb and I went to the Frick Museum with a, a couple of friends here at Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. And we went throughout the museum and, and we paused. We, we paused in front of Bellini's Ecstasy of, of St. Francis. It's a beautiful painting. It's, it's, it's the kind of painting where you just don't look, okay, that's nice, and, and wonder on, oh, like great art. It invites thought. It evokes, it challenges, it comforts, it confronts. It calls us to question who we are, what we are about in the world. So I'm looking at it, what, what does the skull down in the lower right corner really mean? Are, are those stigmata on Francis's hands? We know that Francis loved animals. Is that why there's a bunny here close to his feet? He's not wearing any sandals. Are we, well, are we intended to think about Moses who removed his sandals because he was thin on holy ground? In much the same way, that's what it's like to look at the Ten Commandments and to really take them in Uh, for too, too long. In the modern era, we tended to read scripture as if it were facts, just a collection of facts, a collection of uh, literal history, a collection of rules, a collection of laws, we have not often enough interpreted in read Scripture as art. And art moves us, stirs us, compels us to think in certain ways. It challenges us. Thou shalt not kill. What? what, what, what? Can you imagine this world in which there is no killing? just for a moment, can you think about it, a world that is free from war and electric chairs and nuclear bombs, hostage situations and extermination camps. Can you imagine that kind of world? It's the kind of world that Christ depicts for us in the reading that Chester offered a few moments ago, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, you have heard that it was said to you of ancient times, you shall not murder and..." Whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you, if you're angry with a brother or sister, you'll be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you'll be liable to the council. And if you say you fool, you'll be liable to the hell of fire. Can you imagine that kind of world? Without violence, without killing, without anger, without vengeance, The Ten Commandments invite us to envision this world and then to live into this world and move into this world. Now, of course, we do not yet fully live in that world. And you know as well as I do that our world is still so broken. It's so chaotic and unpredictable and we continue to struggle with darkness. But Scripture invites us to live in that world as if it were already fulfilled, as if we're already a reality here and now, which means that we have a powerful word of proclamation to share with the world, namely, to that which promotes life and justice, to that which affirms and honors the dignity of every man, woman, and child, to that which seeks to provide all people with the necessities of life, we say yes. And to the hatred and violence of the world, to that which dehumanizes and demeans, to that which exploits the poor and the marginalized and the outcast, we say no. The sixth commandment is surprisingly short and so too is the eighth, neither shall you steal. Um, s- s- steal what? God, could you spell that out for us? We're not supposed to, uh, uh, exactly what are we not supposed to steal? God doesn't tell us. Instead, we're invited to live in that world and then to imagine what it would, would be like to be in that world. So don't steal, whether it's your neighbor's wallet or a stranger's car. Don't, don't steal, that is, don't embezzle from your employer or cheat Don't steal from your classmates by cheating on a test. Don't shoplift. Don't engage in deceit to steal someone's dignity and honor. Don't steal the future. Don't steal your children's future by polluting streams and poisoning the air. Don't rob your children of a productive, happy, and meaningful life by passing on to them your hurts, your pains, your sins, your bad habits, you shall not steal. Think about it. What would life be like if that were a reality right now and there were no stealing? This is a commandment, these two in particular, I think that just jars us and says, wake up. Uh, maybe, I'm sure most of you are familiar with Picasso's Guernica, which depicted the horrors of, of war after the Nazis had Bomb Guernica. And it was like a wake-up call to the world. Hey! People are dying. This is horrible. That's what this commandment is doing. It's shaking us up and saying, what about the world do we need to change so that everybody has enough? What would this world look like if there were no stealing?" We'll hear again and again in the Ten Commandments remember you were slaves in the land of Egypt and I brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm wait, wait, wait a minute that, that, uh, do not steal do what we, we we were slaves in the land of Egypt we were wait, wait a minute God heard our cries uh, wait a, we were the ones who were exploited and abused for centuries we were Wait, a well if that's true then we should not abuse others. If that's true, we should not ever enslave others. If that's true, we should never exploit others. More than any other people on the face of the earth, the community of faith is expected to take care of the downtrodden and the marginalized because we remember. We remember what it was like to be slaves in the land of Egypt. Do not steal Do not steal someone's livelihood. Do not steal their freedom. Do not steal their humanity. We hear an echo of this commandment in the prophet Amos. He points his finger to the unscrupulous of his age and of every age when he says, Hear this, you that trample on the needy and bring ruin to the poor of the land, saying, When will the new moon be over so that we may sell grain and the Sabbath over that we may sell wheat for sale? for we shall make the bushel small and the dollar great and practice deceit with false balances, buying the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals and selling the sweepings of the wheat. What does it mean to live in this world? A world when there's no stealing? A world when we're refrained from taking advantage of or exploiting other people? If you live in that world long enough, We will no longer settle for not simply doing something. We will want to do something. If if you live in that world enough that says, do not kill and do not steal, we will then be moved to grow in generosity. We will then be moved to reach out to those who are downtrodden. We will be moved to reach out to those who were, like us, slaves in the land of Egypt. You shall not kill neither shall you steal. As I say in the sermon title today, just don't do it. And that's true. But for those of us who want to enter this world, a whole new way of living is presented to us. Amen.